Welcome to the Business Blast Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. This episode is brought to you by Authors Unite. Authors Unite provides you with all the resources you need to become a successful author. You can learn more about Authors Unite and join the free community at authorsunite.com. Now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have Richard Chapa with us. He's a lawyer in San Diego who provides legal guidance to online businesses. He's been practicing for more than 25 years, and Richard was formerly an enthusiastic world traveler, but has pulled back on his travels ever since his knees started to sound like popcorn cooking when getting out of bed each morning. So welcome to the show, Richard. Thank you for having me on. Of course, man. Pumped to have you here. Uh, we'll dive into the first one. The first question I have for you, Richard, is what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? Uh, you know, I think the best story from my life was probably uh, something that happened around 1999. I really burned out in my uh, specific niche. I was uh, defending hospitals and wrongful death cases uh, where a patient had passed away and uh, the family had sued the hospital. Really wasn't enjoying it, um, but you know the financial benefits were, were quite nice, and uh, I really just kind of reached the end of my rope and ended up, you know, working with a charitable group and going to Russia, to Siberia, of all the places, uh, for a year-long sabbatical to teach at a university there. And uh, you know, as you can imagine, most people I knew freaked out and <laughs> thought it was a, a bizarre event. But uh, you know, the lesson I took from it, it was one of the best years of my life, to be quite honest. And, you know, the lesson was really that, you know, you may feel trapped in a niche that maybe you aren't happy with, but, you know, there are ways to get out of it. And and probably the most important step of that is to take the first step, you know, Mm. is to look for an alternative instead of just sitting around complaining and, you know, being unhappy with it. Um, So for me, I think that was probably the most valuable message. Mm. And what is the most valuable piece of information uh, that we should know that is within your expertise or industry? Uh, well, I imagine a lot of people will be hearing this through the internet and something that's going on with the internet uh, that a lot of people are not aware of is something called the Splinternet concept. And basically uh, what is happening is governments and economic groups are, are moving to claim their territory online, if you will. Um, and so we're actually seeing the internet start to break into uh, regional pieces. Uh, Europe recently passed a uh, or enacted a privacy law called the General Data Protection Regulations, GDPR. And it is, it is a militant, um, consumer-friendly privacy law that makes it very difficult for businesses using U.S. traditional models like email lists and things of that sort uh, to function in the EU. Uh, and so you're seeing some U.S. companies, groups like Dick's Sporting Good, even U.S. newspapers are now just blocking the EU. Uh, so they block mm. traffic from there. And that's a trend that's going to continue online. Um, you're going to see, uh, you know, the, the irony of it is a lot of them are trying to compete, um, you know, with Google and Facebook and trying to limit the effect of those companies. But those companies have the resources to comply with, um, you know, all the, all the necessary little requirements that each country or region might pass, whereas most of the small businesses don't. Mm. Um, and so what you're going to see is kind of a regionalized Internet where, um, you know, Unfortunately, most most of us, I'm in North America, um, you know, we have a huge consumer and business market here that's very strong. Um, but if you're in another area and you don't have that, um, you know, you need, you need to be thinking about the future and how best to uh, position yourself, um, you know, to make sure that you have some kind of a physical presence in the market 
uh, that you're interested in because Europe's going to be segmented away from North America. And there's talk of South America going its own direction. China has already started doing that. Russia's blocking sites like LinkedIn. And we'll just see more of a trend that way. A lot of people don't know about it. I would encourage you to go out and just do a Google search for Splinternet and start reading articles. And uh, I think a lot of people will be shocked about what's going on. Wow, man. Thank you for sharing that with us. I actually had no clue. I mean, I knew about the, um, and I might mess up the GDPR thing or whatever, um, just because I know my sites had to comply with that uh, or whatever, because we do business with a lot of uh, people in the EU, but um, I didn't know about all the other stuff. So <laughs> that's uh, interesting. Um, so next one I got for you is what is your best piece of overall business advice? So not necessarily industry specific. Um, you know, I think they're, they're, Probably two pieces. The first one is more traditional, which is if you're going to form a business, you're going to form it with other people. Uh, make sure you have a written agreement before you do that. Uh, statistically, most partnerships, uh, or even if it's a corporation, you know, after a year or two, most founders are not going to be there. You, you may lose one, maybe two. Uh, and what happens is those people stop showing up for work. They start putting in the you know the effort that you need to grow the business, and then the question becomes, what do you do with those people? Um, if you don't have something in writing, uh, you know it can become an expensive, nauseating affair, and you end up with zombie partners. Um, it's not the most exciting subject, but you know for anybody who started a business with another person, they probably know that this can be an issue because you're essentially getting married. Uh, to that person. You can spend a large amount of time with them. So make sure that you have some kind of exit strategy. Uh, and then the second thing, and we see this really with just the digital environment, is be nimble. Be nimble. Don't you know? Don't rely on meetings. Don't rely on you know endless processes. If you see an opportunity out there, um, you know, take advantage of it and move quick. If you know, if Facebook calls you and they want to talk to you about doing you know an app and they need it in three days, you know, drop everything. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to have you know three board meetings on the topic. It drives me nuts with some companies. Um, and so if you're nimble, particularly if you're smaller, that's a way to compete with people who are much bigger than you. Because if you move quick and you say yes when other people are hesitating, you can really do well online. And if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that be? It would be the same thing. Be more nimble. As an attorney, you know, we tend to be very, very risk uh, oriented. We're, we're always assessing risk. Um, and you see some of the bigger Internet companies. Uh, I'll give you an example. A company like Uber, you know, any, com any attorney looking at that knew that there was a big legal issue, which is, you know, are the drivers going to be classified as independent contractors? Um, or are they going to be classified as employees? It may sound like a boring subject, but it's a huge issue for Uber because if they're classified as employees, then Uber has to pay employment taxes and provide a workers' comp and all these different things. It becomes a much more difficult business model. As an attorney, you know, a lot of us would just stop and look at that and spend endless hours researching it and trying to figure it out. In Uber's case, they just said, screw it, went forward, um, and, you know, and now they're they're dealing with the issue now. And it's a problem, but of course they're you know worth hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars. I don't even know what their valuation is at this point. Um, so I'm not sure that they really care what the outcome is because <laughs> we're obviously already established themselves. Uh, so being nimble, I think you know being open to that, particularly if it's on the digital side, um, because things move very quickly. Uh, and so that would certainly be something I'd tell myself if I was younger. And in your opinion, what is the key to happiness? Key to happiness is know thyself. Um, there is no universal definition of happiness in my opinion um i have friends who are attorneys that work 80 hour weeks and they love it um you know it's not for me that's not the lifestyle that i would pursue but they're happy with it 
and you know they do that and, and they enjoy it to to no end um you know i have other people uh, who are devoted to the four-hour work week concept and uh you know maybe they don't make as much money as they could but you know they're very happy to have all that free time uh you know myself i find some, I fall somewhere in the, the middle of that um but i think the answer you know you're not going to find the answer in an article the key is to really think you know about yourself you know what if you were diagnosed with some horrible disease and you had two months to live what would you do well mm. why aren't you already doing it yeah, I like that's a great question. Um, and then, what is the best book that you've read, and what was the number one thing you learned from that? Uh, you know, I like books that, that provide somewhat of a surprise. Uh, I read a book by Stephen King called On Writing, where he talks about how he writes and how he writes novels and what have you. Um, and I'm not a fan of his his fiction work; it just doesn't really grab me. But his book on writing was absolutely amazing because it was it was fascinating to see. You know, where he came from, how hard it was for him. You know, people look at him and they think about, you know, here's this guy that's mega successful, you know, whatever you may think of his writing. Um, you know, but it certainly was never that way. And, you know, the struggles that he went through originally and how a lot of the books, you know, the, the uh, you know, the, the villain, villain, uh, villain car, villain machine, villain dog, all those things actually came from his life and, you know, horrible jobs he was working. Uh, and it was just interesting to see. You know, that he understands it, not only that he went through that process where he was just nothing uh, to becoming something, but that he he has a, a real humbleness about it, you know, and that he recognizes, you know, that his, his work isn't for everybody, but that for him it worked out that particular way. And he just kept grinding with it and, and you know, he didn't lose his love for it. And I think that's something that's pretty inspiring. And what is your favorite quote and why? Uh, I'd probably go with a quote from uh, Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, Life has become immeasurably better since I've been forced to stop taking it seriously. Uh, I think particularly in the legal field, that's the rings rings true. Everything in the legal field is so serious. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. I learned a ton uh, on this episode. And the last question I have for you before we let you go is where is the best place for people to find and or connect with you online? Well, thanks for having me on. And yeah, you can always find me at SoCal, like Southern California, SoCalInternetLawyer.com, or just look me up by my name, Richard Chapo, C-H-A-P-O. Uh, there aren't very many of us. And no, I'm not related to the drug lord in Mexico. <laughs> Thank you again for coming on, man. Appreciate it. All righty. Have a good one.